0: Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we're in Luke chapter 20. One day as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders came up and said to him, Tell us by what authority you do these things, or who it is that gave you this authority. He answered them, I also will ask you a question. Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say, From heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say, From man, all the people will stone us to death, for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, and lent it out to tenants, and went into another country for a long while. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants, so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent another servant, but they also beat and treated him shamefully, and they sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third. This one also they wounded and cast out. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken into pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. The scribes and the chief priests sought to lay hands on him at that very hour, for they perceived that he had told this parable against them, but they feared the people. So they watched him and sent spies, who pretended to be sincere, that they might catch him in something he said, so as to deliver him up to the authorities and the jurisdiction of the governor. So they asked him, "'Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly, and show no partiality, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not?' But he perceived their craftiness, and said to them, Show me a Daenerys. Whose likeness in inscription does it have? They said, Caesar's. He said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able to, in the presence of the people to catch him in what he said, but marveling at his answers, they became silent. There came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, and they asked them a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as a wife." And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. For they cannot die any more, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection." But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he called the Lord God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any question. But he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is David's son? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. David thus calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers. They will receive greater condemnation. For today's Nugget of Truth, I really want us to focus in here on the warning that is given in the last three verses of this chapter. I believe that's important for us to consider as this warning is given about these scribes who are individuals that are known for their religious observances. Why I think that that's an appropriate warning for us today is because I think we can call ourselves religious and we can fall into the same type of Danger that he is speaking out against here. So, what I'm talking about is the fact that these scribes were people that they were looked at as the religious elites. And so, when you look at them specifically, there are some things here that describe their outward appearance and their outward actions. They have long robes, they love greeting in the marketplaces, they take the best seats in the synagogues, they have honor at the feasts, but they devour widows' houses for a pretense making long prayers. When we think about what they're talking about, they say when people look at them on the outside, they see them as religious people, but their actions display something else. I believe this is important for us to look at and to consider today because I believe that in our social climate of today, in our nation, people think Christians are people who do specific things. Such as going to church, maybe carrying a Bible, maybe having a specific sticker on their backpack, or wearing a specific shirt, or doing these other things that display them to be a Christian, right? Maybe wearing a cross, um, maybe they're wearing a purity ring, whatever you say makes you think that this person is a religious person, but those outward signs could be done by anyone. And they're not necessarily always displaying the fact that that person is a genuine believer in the Lord. But instead, when we look at the pattern of people's lives, that displays what it means to be a follower of God. So we have people today that want to be considered followers of God but that don't want to follow what God's Word says and they want to change different facets of it to make up their own God and to make up their own thing that they believe that God wants them to do and how they act. But there's also people who want other people to think that they're good. They want to be like others. They want to be accepted. They want to be in that in crowd and so they put on this outward appearance but in in all of reality the genuine heart transformation is not there either and so both of those situations display that people might look religious But they're not actually following what the Lord has commanded. And so we see that the warning here for these people is about the condemnation that they will receive. And so they receive condemnation because they have an expression of the gospel that they understand, but yet have not fully given themselves to that. So what they have is a partial truth that they're basing their life after. And instead of yielding in full repentance and humility to that, they're choosing to move forward by building themselves up. And so we see that God is giving them a greater condemnation. And so I think that that's a great warning for us as people who live in a Christian society, that going through the motions is not enough. And in fact, going through the motions is going to lead to a greater condemnation because we've had access to the true gospel and access to the opportunity to respond rightly and have chosen not to. And so when we find ourselves in that position, it's very important that we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he can exalt us in his timing and can lift us up to be the people he desires us to be. So we should not be pretending to be religious, but instead understanding and humbly responding to the fact that, God, we are wicked sinners who, aside from your grace, can do nothing. But since you have poured out your grace upon us who call upon your name, you give us an opportunity to be called your children. So as we walk forward today, may we hear that warning And respond with a heart of repentance to the Lord for what we understand is our reasonable response to what he has done and how he has revealed himself to us. So as far as a question today, I really want to focus in here on the Sadducees and kind of give us a bigger understanding of the three main philosophical Jewish groups that were present at this point in time. So there were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes. And so when we think about them, that's in order of popularity. The Pharisees being the largest, the Sadducees being in the middle, the Essenes being the smallest. And so when the second temple falls in AD 70, what happens is essentially the Pharisees in their traditions became the specific traditions that the people would follow from that point out. So basically the majority ruled and that controlled what took place following that so here we're introduced to the sadducees who are this group that deny the resurrection and so when we think about the sadducees that's a big difference between what we understand and what people are thinking about so it's important that we understand that within the jewish people of this time they had different interpretations about what the scriptures meant and how they were responding to that and so as they think on this they're not even in agreement about what their own scriptures meant but are working through these different issues. Most significantly, here, this concept of the resurrection for these Sadducees. When we look at the Essenes, who are the smallest group, so the Essenes, they really believed in almost like a monastic life. And so, what I mean by that is that they would pull themselves out of the main places, they would live in small places, they practice things. Like vows of poverty, they decided that celibacy was important for those people who were the priests. They also did daily immersion to cleanse themselves ritually for what's going on, and so they have some some what would be considered you know far outlandish beliefs. But the Sadducees arrived at this belief that there was no afterlife because they rejected the oral Torah or the oral traditions that surrounded. The Old Testament scriptures. And so they thought the written law that God had given them was all that they were supposed to do. And so they focused on its depiction of the priests and the power that were there. And they focused on what they saw as being interpreted correctly in that situation. So, when we look here at their inclusion in this specific debate, it's important that they're kind of asking a question about something that they don't even believe in, which shows that they've thrown their hat into the ring with the Pharisees in complete opposition to what Jesus is talking about. So, Jesus has spoken of the resurrection, so they would definitely be adamantly against that. And so, it's important that we see that they are united in their hatred of Jesus more than they're united in their seeking to to understand how God is revealing himself through his word. So maybe that was your question for today. Maybe you have another question. Either way, we want you to find the answers to that question as you seek to understand God's word in a greater sense so that you grow daily in your love for him and your ability to follow his commands. Know today you are loved.